What's up, everybody? This is super exciting, and uh, I am excited to be back with you guys. And I have been uh, talking to an empty room for several weeks now, so it's nice to be able to have live people in the room. And I just want to say a personal appreciation, by the way, to everybody in the worship team, because over the last several weeks, the amount of work that they have put in on preparing and making recorded well and all that stuff, really appreciate them and all their all their excellent work as yeah as well as our tech crew and all of what it takes to put this together because like a lot of people we weren't prepared for what has been going on the last several months and so because of that the work behind the scenes just to make sure that there was content and worship that was delivered to your home our kids workers who went door to door like for our kids and did chalk painting on your sidewalks, or they did worship music, or they did online videos, and I could just go on and on, but uh, just I really appreciate the amount of effort and work that has gone in to the past uh, several weeks, and uh, it is good to be back with you guys in here, and those who are also watching online, or in the parking lot, or in or in Kyla, or in Kid City. Uh, we want to be as safe as possible, amen? All right, so uh, we got a lot of different options for you. Hey, I, I just tried to pray, like, God, what do you want us to talk about today? Because there is so much that's going on in our world. There, there is division, there is tension, of course there is fear and anxiety, there is uncertainty. So what I wanted to do today, I, I, I could try to address all of that, but instead I just thought, why don't we just, why don't we just bless God, up, just uplift God? Why don't we just... Just make God our focus today, because that is, is the, the, uni, the great unifier, is, is who God is. And so what I want you to do is just listen to Psalm 63, and some of you may want to close your eyes, some may want to read it from your own device or from your own scripture, or some of you may want to read it from the side screen, but I'm going to read the entire 63rd Psalm, and I want these words to just wash over you today in light of all of what's been going on. O oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live, in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword, they shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exalt, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. God, we give you thanks for the word of God. That in the middle of the storm, in the middle, middle of a dry and weary place, because God, there are people today who are listening online or here live, and they have been in a dry and weary place. God, we've walked with people during this pandemic, of people who have dealt with anxiety, real anxiety, depression. 
people who have lost family members but could not celebrate them in their funeral. God, we have walked with people who have been in financial hardship and challenges. And Lord, we are seeing all of this happen and it feels like a dry and weary place, but in the middle of that place, our soul blesses yours. Our lips praise you. God, thank you for the scripture that reminds us of that today and help us to keep you and you alone as the central part of our life. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there have been uh, some real challenges not only here but also with our friends in El Salvador. Uh, I've, I've mentioned before, but their, their reaction to the pandemic meant everybody was shut down completely. It meant you could only leave your house one time a week, one time a week, to go to the grocery store, that is all. The grocery store or the bank, that's it. 80% of El Salvador is unemployed. And uh, so there is massive, massive challenges there. Not only that, they were hit with a hurricane uh, last week as well, massive flooding in El Salvador. And so what I want to do as we kind of think about that and pray about that is say, God, we want to we be able to continue to help them and support them. And I want you guys to know that right away, as soon as this all happened, we gave $4,500, which was designated to a soccer field, to real uh, needs of real people. And they took food. They were able to, the pastors were able to get uh, permission to take food door to door to people. Uh, and they were blessed, not only because of the food, but because the pastors were praying for them. And they were, they were leading people then to understand about Jesus. And so all over the world, people are facing this kind of crisis. But the thing that's amazing is that oftentimes you will speak to them on Facebook or whatever. I'll say, well, how are you doing? And they will say, gracias Dios. Thank God that we are still here, that we are still alive. In the middle of the storm, they're praising Jesus. And shouldn't that be the attitude of all of us? That in the middle of the challenges that we are lifting up Christ. Now, when we travel to El Salvador, we get to the airport and we get to the customs agent and they will say, por qué estas aquí? And they will say, why are you here? They want to know, why are you in our country? And so we answer that we're here for ministry or we're here for mission. But that question, why are we here, is the question we all should deal with. Why are we here? Why are we here? We should all answer that individually. And in the middle of these days of turmoil and stress, what does God want us to do? What does he want us to be about? And guys, the word of God says that you and I are here. We were created. We were designed. We were wired to worship God. Isaiah 43, 7 says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. You may not have realized that, but you were created so that you could declare the praises of God. That's why we were created. That's why we're here. We're not here just to get a job or to save money or to even have a family. We are here so that everything we do in our life is designed, purposed to worship and bring glory to God. And worship is not just singing. Worship is not just a worship band. Worship is my entire life, my entire existence. I'm going to attribute worth. I'm going to worship God for who he is. We were created for that purpose. It is everything. It is all of life. No matter what we do, no matter where we are, everything that you do. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now, because of the fall uh, in Genesis chapter 3 and because of our sin, we all 
uh, struggle with this a bit. We have kind of misplaced our worship, and so at that point, we worship a lot of things. We attribute worth to a lot of things, right? Some of us attribute worth to stuff, whether it be our car or our, our house. We attribute worth to that. Some of us attribute worth to maybe maybe some bad things in our life. We attribute worth to maybe our insecurity, and we focus all of our attention on that. Or we attribute worth to our anxiety, and so we focus all of our attention on that. Or maybe we attribute worth to temptation, and we focus all of our energy on that. But God says, I deserve your worship. I deserve all of it. I deserve your focus, your attention. I want your worship. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, praise is inner health made audible. Praise is inner health made audible. And I just know that when we are not healthy spiritually, there is something that's a barrier to clear worship. I have a feeling there are sometimes some of us in this room who we're just walking through a bit of uncertainty before the Lord. You're not able to worship like you want to worship. Maybe you're walking in a little bit of rebellion against God, and so you're not able to attribute worth to God the way that you should. Or maybe you're going through a time of challenge, and because of that, that takes your focus, and you're not spiritually focusing your attention on God, but for whatever reason, you find yourself in a dry and weary place just like David. Let these words today wash over you and realize that in the middle of that, God asked for only one thing, one thing, that your life would be focused on Him. Here's what I want you to know about Psalm 63. The first thing is the, the greatness of God, the greatness of God. I love how David writes, Oh God, you are my God. Right right from the beginning. The very first words of Psalm chapter 63, Oh God, oh God. Like in the beginning, Genesis account, God created the heavens and the earth. The very first focus is God. Is that you in the morning when you first wake up? Is it, oh God, you are my God? Is that your first focus in the morning? Oh God, you are my God? Or is it something else that demands your time and attention and your focus? Is it your work, or is it the needs, or is it your to-do list? What is it that demands your time, your attention? God, David just says, when he wakes up, Oh God, you are my God. His focus is on him. He, 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 he calls out not to peace. He calls out not to the comfort of his palace. He calls out not to some idol. He just simply says, Oh God, you are my God. Romans 11 says, For from him and through him and to him are all things everything everything we just need to sit under that truth today that in the midst of chaos and turmoil and distraction oh god you are my god now when we're thinking about who god is we need to realize our worship begins and ends with god god alone god alone god you are my god it is god who draws it is god who leads it is god who calls it is god he is the focus he is, he is the one who created all things. All the mountain ranges, all the ocean valleys, all the plains, all the rivers, all the lakes, all the trees, all the plants, all the blades of grass, all the flowers, all the birds, all the insects, and all the animals, all of it was created by God. All of it was fashioned together by God and His hands. And Psalm 19 says, Even the heavens are declaring the praises and the glory of God. All of it was created so that all of it would bring glory to God. Mount Everest, the Grand Canyon, the Atlantic Ocean, all of it was created and designed by God. 
That's why all of it attributes worth to him. The Bible says if you don't cry out to him, even the rocks and the mountains are going to climb, crawl, crawl, cry out to him. That's how much God deserves our praise. The Bible says God also created the planets and all the stars. And, and how many of you have looked up at the stars? Just this week, we had a full moon, right? I think they call it the strawberry moon. I think it, it, was, it was kind of pink hue and beautiful. And anytime something like that happens, Lisa runs outside and takes pictures and then posts them online, right? Every time. Like me, I don't take a lot of time to notice the stars. That's the truth. But she does. She's like, did you see how nice the sky looks tonight? She runs out, takes a picture, posts it on Facebook. This is amazing. It's the greatest sky ever. Benjamin and his uh, girlfriend were at our house last night. We were like, hey, what are you guys doing? They were like, ah, we're just sitting outside on the trampoline watching the sun go down. How romantic. Isn't that romantic and sweet? And uh, some of you guys need to do that more often. But, so they're out there just watching. Why? Because there is just something about the stars. And here's what the Bible says. Here's what we know about the stars. And I'm not a scientist. But there are somewhere between 100 billion and 400 billion stars in our galaxy. They don't even actually know the exact number. There are so many. Did you know that Psalm 147 says, God has determined the number of stars, and he has given to each their name. Now, can you imagine that? I, I mean, I ran out of names for four kids. God had enough names for 147 billion just in our galaxy. I mean, 100, 100 to 100, 400 billion just in our galaxy. And our galaxy is just one small galaxy in all the galaxies of the universe. And the Bible says that God named them. That's how much he cares about his creation. And if he cares about the stars, how much more does he care about you? The God of the universe, the king of creation, we sing songs to him. And we just open our hearts in praise. No matter the circumstance. You say, well, yeah, but... The things that are happening today, they weren't happening in the Bible. Really? I mean, if you read the Bible and you read the context of the Bible, was there racial tension in the Bible? Yes. You ever heard of the Jews, the Samaritans? Was, was, there, was there tension within relationships? Absolutely. You ever heard of Cain and Abel? Was there, was there financial issues? Were there difficult times? Was there illness? Were there times of famine and plague and hardship and pestilence? Yes. But in the middle of all of that, God just says, I deserve your praise. Take your eyes off of what's happening around you and turn it toward me. God not only names the stars, he knows your name. Hebrews 11 says the universe was created by the word of God. That's the greatness of him. But number two, he also is very personal. There's the greatness of God, but there is also this personal nature of God. We are his. And the best David knew how to explain it was this way. Oh, God, you are my God. You're, you're my God. You're personal. And we need to just rest under that truth today. I belong to the king of the universe. Because of the atoning work of Jesus Christ, he is mine and I am his. I am his. That is great news. If you're in this room today, if you have given your life to Christ, you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you belong to the King of the universe. There is nothing you can do that will stop God's love for you. The Bible says that there is no, no hardship, no pressure, no struggle, no persecution, nothing in all the universe, angels or demons or principalities that will separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Oh God, you are my God. 
And David just declares who God is, and it just breeds in him a confidence to desire God. Oh God, you are my God so earnestly, early, before anything else. I run after you. I seek you, God. I don't seek revenge. I don't seek vindication. I don't seek the comfort of my palace. I seek you, God, in the wilderness, in the hardships, in the weary land. My soul longs for you. David knows what it is to satisfy his heart. It is this it is this God, and he says, my flesh longs for you, nothing else will do. He, 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 he had confidence in God. He declared who God was. That is his worship. And verse 2 says, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, and I have beheld your power and your glory. Listen, David wasn't always in the wilderness. There were times where he was in the sanctuary. There were times where he came in the sanctuary, in the assembly, and there in that place, that helped carry him in the wilderness. And that's one reason why I'm excited to be back together today. It's because it's in the times of the sanctuary where we are corporately together that God then leads us out into the wilderness, right? It, it, is, it is when we come together, and we've done the best we can in the last three months worshiping together online, and, and we have joined together virtually. But it's really good to be joining together corporately as well. Because there's something about the sanctuary that prepares us for the wilderness. There's something about corporately being together, encouraging one another, lifting each other up, singing songs, listening to the Word of God, that then prepares us for the times that we're going to face during the week. That's why we need a reminder. I need a reminder. I've, I've uh, enjoyed my mom over the last three months. The first three or four weeks she, she was a trooper she tried there would be Sundays where she would get online and it didn't work out very well right uh, I don't want to say she's technologically challenged but a little bit and she struggled she couldn't get online she would be frustrated she didn't have an opportunity so she tried to worship on her own and then one day she realized that we were recording and we eventually started recording on Sunday morning and she said what time are you recording I said about nine nine o'clock nine thirty. She said I'll be there. She dressed in her Sunday best, you know, and she would come in to church. She would sit right over there. She's like the only person in the room other than the tech team, the worship band, and my mom. Like just sitting there going, "All right, it's time to worship." And when it came came time for communion, she looked around. David would say, "Hey guys, if you want to take communion, go ahead." She'd open up her purse. Boom. She started making her own communion bread at home. Unleavened bread. She's like, I've got pretty good at it. She made her own unleavened bread. She'd break it out. She'd pour a cup. And she'd look at me, and, and she'd pour me a cup. We'd take communion together. There was just something in her nature that said, I just want to worship together, if I can at all. And because she couldn't do it online very well, she found the only way that she could do it within the midst of other believers. And so we celebrate together, and it is that time, it is that value of worship that leads us then into times of the wilderness. We're going to face hardship. Boy, we, in the world today, we need a reminder of who God is. We need a reminder that our great God is still a good God, and we have the opportunity to worship Him. And that's why this number three is important, which is God is not only great, He's not only personal, but our only response to Him is, is either rejection or worship. It's either rejection or worship. And I love where David goes, because in verse 3 he says, Because of your steadfast love is better than my life, it's better than life itself, and my lips will praise you. 
David says, because your steadfast love is better than my best days in the palace courts, because your steadfast love is better than me on the run here in the desert, because your steadfast love is better than all my life, my lips will praise you for who you are and what you have done. My lips will praise you in the good days and the bad days. My lips will praise you. And that is a bold declaration. And David knows who God is. And because your love is better than life, my lips will praise you. We have all been through difficulties. We have all had challenging days. And but we have walked with some people in some challenging days. Uh, there have been, I mentioned in my prayer earlier, but there have been people who have dealt with, they've watched a lot of the media. It's caused a lot of anxiety and fear in people. So we've walked with people through, literally, through depression, through end-of-life kind of moments where they were ready to end their life. We've walked with people through the death of loved ones who then were not able to celebrate. One of, the, one of the most challenging funerals I've been a part of, I walked into a room, a visitation room, and, and about eight people, all close family, because the grandkids, just a couple of them were allowed in there that were adults, none of the rest of them. It was a husband and wife, been married for 62 years, eight people, all social distance, all with masks, weren't even communicating with each other, just standing in a room all by themselves, just mourning and grieving quietly the death of their loved one, and then we went to the graveside and had a service. It, 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 there have been challenging times. God, we have been through our own challenging times, not just now, but in the past. You all know that, uh, you know, when, when my father died, we dealt with challenging moments in that, also good moments, some end-of-life moments that were very, very difficult. But one of the things we did, we came together as a family, and, you know, when we gathered around his bedside, the last thing my dad said before he passed away that we understood was uh, kids, children, my children. And uh, my, my, my uh, niece happened to be by his bedside when he said that. And she said, kids, what do you mean, kids? Children, tell me what you mean. And she realized he wanted his kids there. And so immediately all of us rushed to hospice because when my dad called, it didn't matter. We always dropped what we were doing and came. And so there we were. And he didn't have to say anything. He wasn't able. And we just worshiped. We read scripture. We sang. One of the songs we sang together was, It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrow like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say. It is well with my soul. I just feel like in the midst of a dry and weary land, the best thing we can do is say it is well with my soul. The best thing that we can do is worship. And I don't know where you are in this room or what you've walked through during this time. I don't know if you've experienced loss or, or if you've experienced those kinds of feelings of anxiety. But can I just express to you one thing? If that is where you are, just confess out to God. I just want to give you this phrase for this week. Confess out to God. God, you are better. God, you are better than the best thing. God, you are better than the worst thing. God, you are better than everything. God, you are better. You're better than my hardship. You're better than my challenges. And David himself understood who God was. David understood and remembered what God had done. And how much more should we remember it today? God, you are better. Now listen, in all of our times, I think the reason we know God is better is because 
is because of Christ himself who entered our world, faced all the hardship that we face, and then ultimately died for us on the cross. That's the reason we know God's better. We know God's better because he faced trials and temptation and hardship. He faced suffering on the cross. And when he did that, that was the greatest expression of God's love, even greater than creation, even greater than than watching over the world and his sovereignty, even greater than all of that was when he came, lived among us, died an atoning death on the cross. And the word of God says he was beaten. The word of God says they, he was mocked. They put a crown of thorn on his head. They laid him, they, they crucified him. They laid him on the ground, drove nails into his hands and feet, hoisted him up for the world to see and make fun of him. He was found between two thieves. And even they were making fun of and mocking him. And as his blood filled up his lungs, he hung there. He breathed his last breath. And the word of God says the earth shook. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. And Matthew 27, verse 54 says, When the centurion and those were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this is the Son of God. Church, that is who our God is. That is what our God did. And when we worship, we are giving true gospel-centered worship. Our response to a God who loved us so much that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And not only will he lead us here through a dry and weary land, he will lead us into eternity where we gather together. And if you ever want to read it, read it, Revelation chapter 4 and 5, which tells you all about this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and, and is to come. Never will his praise end. You and I will join into the song. Holy, worthy. We're joining in the heavenly language. Our worship doesn't end in this earth, thank goodness. We will be in eternity. Worthy. Holy, holy, holy. We will give praise to the King of kings, the Lord of lords. So friends, despite what is happening and in the middle of what is happening in our culture, we as a church family, those who are listening to me today online, we want to sing out and say, God, you are better. You are better. And we give you praise. God, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you. Thank you for the words of Psalm 63. Thank you, God, that David, in the middle of a dry place, in the middle of the fire, that, God, he realized that you were with him, that you were partnering with him, that you were standing beside him, God. And we realize that today, that in the middle of the hardship, in the middle of the difficulties, God, that you stand with us, that you bring us together. And so, God, I, I pray that Regardless of all that threatens to divide us, Lord, that we would unite on Christ and Christ alone. We would come together under one banner, God. Not the banner of the United States. But God, we would, we would come together under the banner of Christ. It is the thing that unites us worldwide. Jesus and Jesus alone. And today, God, we worship you. We worship you through the word. We worship you through our life as we live it this week. And we worship you now through song. Help us pour out everything within us from a dry and weary land. Oh God, you are our God. We pray this together in Jesus' name.